I know yes, good morning to you once again. If you're just joining us, this is gospelbellsradio.com. It's Tuesday, the 31st of October, 2023. The program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Ogutoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi Oji. You can follow Gospel Bells Radio on Twitter at Gospel Bells Radio. We want to begin this morning engaging with this story. I came across it on many social media platforms yesterday. And it's also reported today by Punch Newspaper. It says, listen to this. 70 corpses, skeletons uncovered near Abia cattle market. 70 corpses, skeletons uncovered near Abia cattle market. And if you look at some other platforms, you find this same uh, this same report under different headlines. Long and short is that well, decomposing bodies have been found in a market in Abia in Abia State. This is how uh, another platform uh, reported this. It says. No fewer than 50 decomposing 20, 20 headless bodies found in a market in Abia City. And I'm taking that. This latest one, the one I just read, is from Vanguard Newspapers. It says 50 decomposing 20 headless bodies discovered in Abia cattle market. And you must be asking yourself, what is happening there? What is happening there? And what is happening in many parts of this country as well i want to take i mean let's read a bit of the report from from point newspaper before engaging with this story it says the abia state governor alex oti says 50 decomposing corpses including 20 headless ones headless as well as countless skeletons were discovered by security operatives during a raid of the forest around the lopanta cattle market in an axis of the state according to the governor it was also discovered that the cattle market was being used by kidnappers as ransom collection point ot that's the governor made the revelation on sunday during the second edition of his monthly media chat in omar Hare, the state capital he vowed that no inch of the state landmass would be left to criminals in line with his administration's commitment to protect lives and property of residents and visitors to the state. He insisted that the resolve of the state to make the cattle market a daily market was not targeted at any particular tribe in the country. Rather, it was aimed at revamping the security architecture of the, of the market and its host community. And here, in, in the in the punch report, we have a direct quote from the governor on this. A quote is quoted to have said, when we decided to occupy the Lokpanta cattle market, we discovered 50 dead bodies, 20 headless dead bodies, men, women, and children, and uncountable skeletons. We also discovered that ransoms paid to kidnappers were usually dropped close to the market. End of quote. Well, I do not know what to make of this story. I mean, just before I go into the, uh, the main engagement that I think we should have with this story from a Christian point of view, uh, it is to, to observe that I think it is a sad commentary on the state of our country and on the priorities of our leaders that the, gov- that the governor did not deem it fit to speak about this immediately as uh, the bodies were discovered, that it was not priority in his mind, that it was not something urgent to him or to his advisors. 
It was not something of urgent public concern. It was not something so uh, so consuming of his thought, so much so that he, he, he I mean, it was not so consuming of his thought that he was led or persuaded to bring it up. At that time, he did not bring it up immediately. It was discovered. He waited. And to my mind, from this report, he waited until uh, he, he was granting a media, a monthly, he was having his monthly media chart uh, to disclose it. And I hope you understand the point I'm trying to make that uh, for him, it, this is something appearing as something he said by the way, because the ultimate point, or, or, or rather the overarching point he was making a, during this media chart was to explain to the residents of the state and to the country that uh, in revamping that cattle market, it took the decision uh, not against a particular tribe. That would be against uh, against uh, nomads, cattle rearers from the northern part of the country. But it was in the best interest of the of the of the state. It was in the best interest of the state. It was in the best interest of the security of the state. That was the point he was trying to make. And then he made this disclosure. As an aside, just to just to illustrate the point he was making, to buttress the point he was making. But that's not the way it appears to me, and I do hope that's not the way it appears to uh, to to the Christian conscience generally. Uh, that well, uh, while combing through a part of the state, while revamping a market, the government discovered fifty de- decomposing bodies. 20 headless bodies and then according to the governor uncountable skeletons meaning many and at, at the time of discovery the disclosure was not made to the to the public it was not put forward as a matter of urgent concern efforts were not made to discover uh, the identity of those who were killed are, are you thinking along the same lines it did not occur to anybody that those who were killed those whose bodies were found there whose headless bodies were found or, or even those uh, who uh, who were the owners of the skeletons, if I may put it that way, the people who were killed who are so decomposed that only their skeletons remained that they, they were people. They were people, human beings. And it, it is important, it, it, indeed it's a, it's a divine duty to account for everyone, for everyone among us, we are our brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper. We are not like like Cain. We are not like Cain. Cain is not an example who will say, well, am I my brother's keeper? No, you are your brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. And a society that does not care in that fashion, that does not pay a premium on human life, it's not a society uh, that is godly, It's a a society that needs to be revived. It's a society in dire need of revival. And I think we must make that point. And I think uh, the governor of Abia State, uh, if indeed at the time of the discovery did not take the steps you have described, uh, should really really reevaluate his position and take steps to do do those things. Because what it says very clearly is that there are many people who cannot account for their loved ones If decomposing bodies were found in that forest, if headless bodies were found there, if uncountable skeletons, to use the 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 exact uh, the exact uh, word of the governor of Habia State, if uncountable skeletons were found there, then uh, what it means, logically thinking, is that there are many people who cannot account for their loved ones. 
we truly need to get to that to that place. We truly need to get to that place in Nigeria where we be where we are saying to ourselves where we truly matter, where we truly matter, where where, where lives matter, where lives matter, where all lives matter. And so this is a sad commentary, really, really sad commentary on how we deal with issues in this country. But I won't say that, I won't say that. From a Christian point of view, we look at the story like this and we say that, well, those who killed the people who were dumped in that forest, in that market, those who beheaded those headless bodies, those who killed the people who... Who have become skeletons? They must have thought to themselves, right? They must have thought to themselves that well, they've gotten away with it, and nobody would ever find out. Nobody would ever find. I mean, anytime I come across stories like this, for example, there's a story we came across uh, a while ago, and we brought it up here. The story of of a, a river, I think in New York, where when during drought the river actually dried up, and you know what was found there? Dead bodies, decomposing bodies, sunk cars. You see, at the time that the wicked, uh, that the wicked took steps to hide his sins, at that time that the wicked took steps to hide his sins, he must have said to himself, "Look, it is hidden forever. Nobody can ever, ever find out." Well, one of the popular idiomatic, idiomatic expressions that you will hear if you watch uh, crime movies uh, or police detective movies is that somebody knows where the dead bo- where the dead bodies are buried and uh, when you hear that idiomatic expression that oh somebody knows where the dead bodies are buried it is it means to say uh, that a person the person you are referring to has full knowledge of the of hidden and secret things relating to somebody else so if i if i say that look oh this man knows where Mr. X buried all his dead bodies. It means that the man you are talking about, uh, the subject of your of your sentence, uh, knows the hidden and secret things that that other person, the object, has done. But in a case like this, this is the right case for us to use that idiomatic expression and to say that God knows where the bodies are buried. God knows where all bodies are buried. Indeed, he has said, he said, look, not a hair from your head would fall without my knowledge. God knows where all the dead bodies are buried. So the evil people out there who are carrying out these evil things, who are killing people, depositing their bodies in, in markets and in forests. And remember that story we engaged you earlier on uh, a while ago, the story of the composing bodies uh, being dumped on the Moway Buffalo Road in Lagos State. Those who are doing these things, they should remember, they should remember that there is a God Described in Proverbs 15.3, where we read that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. God knows where the dead bodies are buried. And Hebrews 4.13, exactly, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And let nobody think to himself that, oh, the body has been dumped in, in a market and this market will never be revamped. That body will never be, be found or dumped in a forest or dumped somewhere or in a well. God knows where the dead bodies are buried. 
and everyone will give account. We give account. Everybody will give account. And this, this is something that uh, the Christian community must proclaim loud and clear. Of course, the wicked person says to himself, hmm, there's that is, that is, that is no reckoning, there's no reckoning. I've done it, and that is all. But God knows. And for those whose relatives are missing, whose relatives are not accounted for, they can also take comfort in this, that God knows where the dead bodies are buried. God knows where the bodies are. And he truly cares. It may not appear so immediately, but he does care. And if you seek his face and continue to seek his face and do not lose that, at the time of his own choosing, he will bring, he will bring closure. This is a very sad story and a sad commentary, really, a sad commentary on our society. Okay, and next I want to engage with this story that is equally important. And I, 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 I know, I suppose that some people who are far away from the conflict may be saying to themselves uh, that maybe this is, uh, this is, an, this is an exaggeration, uh, overstatement of the issue. But this is what the governor of Bono State is reported to have said yesterday. Bono State is one of the states in the northern part of Nigeria. According to this report, Boko Haram may wipe Nigeria off the map. Now, if you hear a statement like this, would you say, oh, what an exaggeration, uh, what an overstatement of the map? Somebody out there may say, yes, uh, it's, a, it's a problem, it's an issue that we ought to, to address, but hey, don't overstate it and don't uh, don't engage in brinkmanship. That's what somebody else would call it, that just mere brinkmanship, trying to uh, make us all scared so that we can be moved to, to action. But I want to read more about what the governor of Bono State said yesterday. He, he, he's supposed to have said, I mean, okay, let's take this. We say Boko Haram insurgency will wipe the entire Nigeria off the map if nothing is done to contain them. Bono State Governor Babagana Zuluma said, the governor said this while hosting the reconstituted management board of the Northeast Development Commission at the council chambers of the Bono State Government House in Meduguri on Monday, October 30. According to Channel's television, he said, quote, the position of Bono State on the map of Nigeria is very important to all of us. Bono State is bordering Chad, Cameroon, and Niger Republic. Our borders are so porous, and therefore maintaining security in the northeastern sub-region entails maintaining the security of the entire country. While Northwest and North Central and others are speaking about banditry, kidnapping, and others, ours is Boko Haram. And Iswap, it, it's better for us to control it, not for the sake of Bono State. The hub of Boko Haram and Iswap is Bono State. We have to control them. We have to stop the younger ones from being recruited into Boko Haram and Iswap. Otherwise, in the near future, the entire Nigeria will be wiped off the map. In Bono State, in the year 2012, about 3.5 million people were displaced. We returned many, but still we have over 1 million people internally displaced people living in camps and that is increasing and therefore we want the intervention with not east development commission i mean long and short this governor was calling for more intervention from 
uh, from the federal government through the Northeast Development Commission. The point is that we have a crisis that uh, no one is really talking about. I, I know uh, that there was a time when it was Some will say more urgent than it is now, but there's never a time. What is clear is that uh, these terrorists are still operating, but now it has gone under the radar, and that should be the concern. And one of the things that cons- one of the things that uh, gives me concern is uh, when governments and administrations, for the sake of maintaining good optics, you know, for the sake of not promoting uh, terrible news, uh, would want media houses not to report on what is actually happening just for the sake of appearing to be competent and to be in control. I think, that, that, I think that's a wrong approach to governance. It's not only a wrong approach to governance, it's it's a defeat, it is an ultimately defeating approach uh, to governance. It is actually a destructive approach to governance where instead of calling attention, instead of allowing the media uh, to report what is actually happening, uh, you find an administration trying to persuade the media not to report on things like that because you don't want to promote it. Some would even argue that, look, if you continue to report on things like this, it may discourage foreign investment into Nigeria. It may it may discourage foreigners from coming into Nigeria. But you know what, what, what will happen if we don't report on it? Many people will be lulled to sleep. Many people will be lulled to sleep to suppose that all is well when all is not well. And then, God forbid, all of a sudden, uh, the consequences of the years of neglect would catch up with all of us. Whenever I hear people saying, look, let's deal with these terrorists and Boko around because they could uh, take over the whole country. Whenever I hear that, and at the same time I hear some people scoffing at that and saying, don't overstate the matter, don't overblow it, don't engage in brinkmanship. Yes, I hear both sides, but I remember a country like Afghanistan, and one would remember that Afghanistan was not always was not always controlled by the Taliban. It was not always so. Go to the uh, go to your history, and you know that Afghanistan was one ruled by kings. Was not always an Islamic nation like that. It was not always ruled by the Taliban, but now is, but now is, but now is. And we must take caution from that. Of course, we have this assurance that our Lord will never leave his own people. He has promised never to leave us, never to defeat us. But we have a duty to do uh, what we ought to do. He's calling our attention to these things. And it's our, it's our duty to call the attention of the government to these things. I've always said it. I mean, the people in government don't need, don't need, don't need people to applaud them. No, they are called to serve and it is the duty of the citizens to call their attention to matters of uh, matters that deserve their urgent attention. Call their attention to it and when, when they don't attend to it, keep calling them out and, and, and emphasizing the importance of the government paying attention to these things. If we just want people who go out there to clap... And we say all we need is for government to be encouraged. No, uh, government needs to be put on its toes. I do pray that uh, the Lord himself will defend this country and will defend his people in this country. I mean, something that gives us encouragement is that interaction uh, between 
uh, God and Abraham, where Abraham continued to plead for that city. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah said, look, for the sake of this, this number, would you destroy? And the Lord said, look, for the sake of, uh, of my people who are there, I will not destroy the city. And when he would destroy the city, they did not, they did not allow, uh, did not allow Lord and his wife to leave and his family to leave before destroying the city. That assurance, that, that should give us assurance that the Lord, uh, for our sake, for our sake, would defend our nation. We should pray about this and indeed, we should be among those who are calling, who are calling attention to it. Now, of course, uh, yesterday in Nigeria, in River State, South South Nigeria, an event played out. In fact, I should have, I should have teased uh, Pastor Yagule on that when he was on air at seven a.m. You know, an event played out yesterday in River State, South South Nigeria, regarding the attempt to impeach, or rather the alleged attempt to impeach the governor of River State and uh, the actions taken by the governor of River State to stop the alleged impeachment. Now, there are many things to know uh, before engaging with a story like this. The immediate past governor of River State is uh, Mr. Yesom Wiki, who is now the minister of the Federal Capital Territory. Anyway, he, he governed that state for eight years, and it is generally believed that he handpicked the current governor of that state, that he handpicked the current governor of that state, and that he expected, or yeah, he expected the current governor of legal, of that state, of River State, to be loyal to him. In fact, I'll tell you, I came across a report on on Twitter uh, last weekend, just before uh, these uh, interesting events took place in River State yesterday. In that report, somebody had reported that the governor of River State, the current governor, is not able to sign or to approve payment above the sum of 5 million naira without getting authorization from uh, from Governor Wiki. Now, uh, this is what we will call... Uh, Maybe gossip on on political on political corridors, uh, but the long and short is that the current governor is perceived as a lackey of the previous governor. And I'm trying to make a point with this because if you recall uh, on this program last week, we engaged with a report ranking Nigeria as 128th out of 140 countries on adherence to the rule of law. And I'm trying to make a point about how the event that unfolded in River State yesterday amount to yet another proof that this is a country that is not serious about the rule of law. And God cares, God cares really about matters of justice when there when there's no justice when it's just a jungle and where might is right where we can get away with anything uh, that is not a society that is godly or that is pleasing to god now uh, to buttress the point of the current government of, of river state being beholden before yesterday uh, to former governor wiki i want to play the audio of a video clip 
This video was recorded before the current governor was sworn in. It was at an event attended by both the former governor uh, when uh, Wiki, Governor Wiki was still the governor of River State and before uh, the new governor of Ubarra took over. And the voice you're going to hear is the voice of the former governor of Ekiti State, Mr. Ayofayoshi, who was, uh, you are going to make up your own mind, clearly warning, warning the current governor of River State, uh, Mr. Fubara, warning him and saying, look, don't dare to go against Governor Wiki because if you dare do so, uh, you would find yourself in trouble. And not the exact word, but I wanted to listen to it and make up your own mind about whether it was threatening uh, Governor Fubara or not. Listen to this. My counsel is to you. God will help you. Don't see more than what you are supposed to see. The moment you want to see more than you, you are supposed to see, you begin to see spiritual. <laughs> I know we go. I know we go. Now, if he say he will fight you, it's either you surrender or you look for that trouble to the end. God will not find you weakest problem. He has. My counsel is to you. God will help you. Don't see more than what you are supposed to see. The moment you want to see more than you, you are supposed to see, you begin to see spiritual. <laughs> I know we go. I know we go. Now, if he say he will fight you, it's either you surrender or you look for that trouble to the end. God will not find you weakest problem. Okay, so, so we played that twice just so that you get uh, the full gist of it and understand the full import of it. I mean, what sort of a nation is, uh, is it where you will find uh, in a current governor, a newly uh, elected governor, being spoken to in that fashion? Being spoken to fashion, it's a country where the rule of law is not it's not respected at all. It's not respected at all. And then you have, and you know, if you were with us when we consider this matter, at the opposite of the rule of law is the rule of men. Is the rule of men. And in most cases, in in societies where there is no rule of law, it is not even the rule of men, but the rule of a particular man. It would appear from the uh, from the statement made by Mr. Yofayoshi there uh, that. In River State, uh, Mr. Wiki, the immediate past governor, was regarded as a law unto himself. And he was saying to the new governor, you better be afraid of this man. Uh, don't look at things you should not look at. Don't look into things you should not, you should not bother yourself with. That's the governor, the man who is supposed to be uh, the chief executive officer, uh, the the person who has a managerial, managerial responsibility and executive responsibility for all affairs of that state. Uh, he was speaking to a man like that and saying to him, hey, don't look into things you're not supposed to look into. And more, more than that, do not seek to engage with Mr. Uh, Mr. Wiki. Do not, do not enrage him. Do not enrage him. I mean, you, you would expect that a new governor would be admonished to be to be faithful to the, to the constitution, to be concerned about the welfare of the people, to seek to serve the people, and uh, to be fair and just in all its actions. But that's not what we have. That's not what we have. What we have uh, is that new governors in Nigeria are exhorted not to ruffle the feathers of their predecessors in office. So yesterday, uh, the 
or rather over the weekend the news was that the House of Assembly in River State would convene to impeach the new governor ostensibly on the orders of of Governor Wiki, former Governor Wiki, who is now the Minister of the Federal Capital Territory. So uh, Sunday night, of course, many people were apprehensive of what would happen on Monday. But then news broke out Sunday night that is a, a portion of the complex housing uh, the assembly members was on fire. So Monday morning, the governor made to visit uh, the complex to see for himself uh, whether the fire actually took place or whether it destroyed things. I know, uh, lo and behold, the governor was walking and policemen uh, started firing tear gas and spraying water. According to the governor, what I was sprayed on him, tear gas were fired at him to prevent him from going to the House of Assembly. Again, you have to think, what sort of country do we are we, are we running when uh, the man who is supposed to be the chief security officer of the state is prevented by police authorities uh, from working freely in that in that state, in that state. And then by the end of the day yesterday, uh, the loyalists of the governor, they had removed the Speaker of the House, they had removed the Majority Leader of the House, and according to some report, the governor has suspended the Chief Judge of the House. You know, the Chief Judge has a role to play in impeachment proceedings. It is the Chief Judge who must consider a panel to investigate the matters or rather the charges brought against uh, the governor uh, by the lawmakers. So the chief judge has been suspended. I mean, that that's a curious thing because under the constitution, uh, a governor does not have such unchecked, unlimited power, does not have, a, does not have the power uh, of fiat to suspend a chief judge. So um, we still have to look at that very closely. What you're going to find at the end of the day is that there is no one here there's no side to support. And that's what I'm trying to make. There's no side to support. And uh, this is Mr. Fubara, who before now was regarded as a lackey of former governor uh, Wiki. Wiki and picked him because he expected him to be loyal to him. They were together uh, while Wiki was governor. And now, in a bid to preserve his own office as well, he has engaged with what can clearly be described as unlawful things. So there's no rule of law from me that Mr. Wiki's camp, there's no rule of law from Governor Fubara's camp. Obviously, there's no rule of law from the uh, from the side of the police authorities in River State as well. And that leads me again to something said by, by former Minister of Transportation, who himself was a former governor of River State, Mr. Ruti Miyamechi, recently. Uh, so that was a, that was this video uh, that made the rounds and for, for good reasons, that made the rounds for good reasons, where Mr. Meji said, among many other things, said, look, Nigerians don't care. Nigerians know that things are not going on right. They know that leaders are, are taking them for, for rights, yet they, yet they don't do anything. And he said that uh, one of his worst fears would be to be found in a prison for doing nothing, because there are many people in Nigeria who are in prison for doing nothing. And the point is that in this country, unless God fights for you, anyone could be taken under the pretext of trumped-up charges or for any reason or for no reason whatsoever and be put in detention and you find that nothing will happen. And that's the point about Nigeria when people say, look, we are going to, anything could be done and nothing would happen. And nothing would happen. And that should really sober us, I dare say. That should sober us. That should make us really, really concerned about the type of uh, country we are living in. These are things that matter. There are people, there are many people who are citizens and who will say to themselves that, look, I'm far away from all this. 
I'm, I'm far away from all this and I'm not in government, so it cannot happen to me. But you just need to go to police detention facilities if you've ever been involved in trying to, uh, to in representing a person, for example, who is in police detention or you have gone to the prison or trying to secure somebody's release. Uh, you, you will come out, if you have a conscience, if you have a Christian conscience, you will come away sad, you will come away troubled. You will come away horrified at what is taking place in Nigeria. Nigeria is where you can discover as a crime scene. It's a crime scene because there is crime everywhere from the highest levels to the lowest levels. And we should be concerned as Christians. And that is why we are, we are bringing this up on this program just to emphasize that, you see, our prayer point for Nigeria should not be simply... Lord, uh, bring prosperity back to Nigeria. Yes, we should pray for prosperity to return to this country and I do seek for that as well. But we should be praying for a revival in this country. If we are not praying for a revival in this country, I mean, we are, we are not doing what we should be doing. As Christians, we are not praying for a revival in this country. If we are not praying for the reign of righteousness in this country, we are not doing what we should be doing because that is what this country is in dire need of. We may say what this country is in dire need of is economic prosperity, but you see, that will be the consequence. That will be the fruits of righteousness in this country. We should be praying for righteousness in this country. There is no righteousness anywhere. And I mentioned earlier on that you find that from the from the highest levels of government to the uh, to the lowest level, you find you find the reign of impunity, you find unrighteousness, you find wickedness. In fact, so much so that a retiring justice of the Supreme Court, Justice Musa Datijo Muhammad, uh, who clogged uh, seventy last week and retired from the Supreme Court as provided for under the Constitution. Uh, he gave a speech. During which speech, he made certain revelations that should really trouble us, that should really trouble us as a nation. According to him, he himself, who served with the Supreme Court, was not able to vouch for the integrity of the Chief Justice of Nigeria. Think about that, uh, that uh, a retiring Supreme Court justice is unable to vouch for the integrity of the chief judge of the chief justice of the uh, of the federation uh, he made allusions to monies voted for the judiciary that were not properly in his own opinion not properly accounted for he made reference to how uh, the chief justice has leaned on so many people to make appointments into different courts and he lamented how so many things are going wrong, even in the judiciary, and nobody is talking. Nobody is talking about it. I mean, as part of the things he said, he then he he quoted something. He quoted a speech or a statement that has become so popular, that has become very popular among uh, many uh, many political thinkers, in, and indeed especially among many Christian thinkers. And I think we should pay attention to that. In fact, I, when I was listening to that speech, I made note of it and I wrote it out and I posted it on Twitter. Actually, I posted it on Twitter as something that many people, all of us indeed, should reflect on. It was addressing the point about Nigeria being a place where we see things going wrong, but we don't care or we don't want to talk about it or we say to ourselves that, Really, maybe we shouldn't bother. And then, it, and th this is the quote: "Quote, this is how a society goes down the drain quickly, 
First, it overlooks evil. Then it permits evil. Then it legalizes evil. Then it promotes evil. Then it celebrates evil. And then it persecutes those that still call evil, evil. And I don't know whether you got that. I'm going to read it again. This is how a society goes down the drain quickly. First, it overlooks evil. Then it permits evil. Then it legalizes evil. Then it promotes evil. Then it celebrates evil. And then it persecutes those that still call evil, evil. And you see, uh, whenever you find yourself confronted by any anything that is unbiblical that the society is celebrating or that is now promoted in the society or that is affirmed by the majority in the society, you should think about this quote because uh, there is a lot to take away from this quote. Uh, the, uh, the, the steps may not be all false in reality, but it looks like it. It looks like it. At uh, first, you find you, I mean, you find political leaders, political aspirants who are not up and up but you decide to overlook it. We say, let's overlook it. Okay. Uh, maybe say Wiki, for example, uh, Minister of the Federal Capital Territory uh, has overstepped, has bridged the law on a number of points. But you say to yourself, well, it's, for, it's, it's my townsman or it's from my state or he's aligning with somebody I support. If you like his politics, if you like the candidate that he's supporting, you say, oh, I'm going to overlook his strong. So you, the first step to evil taking over a society. The first step is that that society overlooks evil. You know that this is evil, but we overlook it and we say, look, don't worry. Uh, we still have to support him. Uh, there's no there's no better candidate. We overlook evil and then you permit evil. And when you overlook evil and some people begin to speak out and say, look, should we be doing this? This is evil. This is not something we should support. We say, look, let's even permit it because we like this person. We are going to permit uh, this evil. The third step is that the side then legalizes evil. Where they say, look, because we want this person, notwithstanding uh, that there are question marks all around this person, let's even legalize it. Let's make it legal that it can be done. And oh, Nigeria, if this is speaking about us, I think uh, that is just right. And then he promotes evil. That's why he promotes evil and say, look, this is the thing we really want. And that's what is, what is happening in the culture. If you think about the gender revolution, first is to overlook it. Uh, you find the people uh, engaging in the in, in the sexual revolution. I'm saying, let's overlook it. Every man unto himself. Uh, do not. Uh, do not take it upon yourself to condemn anybody. Is that not what is happening in society today? Let's overlook it. Don't, uh, don't, 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 don't condemn anyone. Don't condemn anyone. Don't judge. Don't judge. That's what the culture says. The culture says don't judge. So the society overlooks evil, and then it permits it. If, if you start from the point of don't judge anyone, then you are going to permit it, and you say, look, you can do whatever. You are. We are not going to disturb you because we don't want to judge you. And then the next step is the society legalizes it. That is why we have in some part of the world uh, those who have gone ahead of us uh, in the social in in the in the trajectory who have who have, who have legalized legalized all this sinful and unwholesome behavior. And then it promotes evil. So in addition to overlooking and permitting and legalizing, you now find a conscious a conscious promotion of evil where uh, people even say, "Look, this is the right thing to do." And then it celebrates evil. That's what is happening in part of the world, right? Where you find days and months set aside for the celebration of the LGBTQ community. And finally, that society now begins to persecute those that still call evil, evil. 
I think it's important for us to pay attention to matters like this, uh, to how societies degrade, how societies rot, and to ask ourselves, is that where we are in society? And as I always say, in addition to asking about your society, ask about yourself as well. Is that where you are? As a person, as a believer, as someone on the Lord's side, we should ask about our churches as well. Is that where our churches are? Those are the direction to ask. Are we overlooking evil? Because the society and the person and the church that overlooks evil will, will permit it. If you decide to overlook it, you will eventually permit it. And if you permit it, you'll be forced to legalize it, to put it as part of your rules and your laws. And when you do that, you will then come to promote it because yeah, it has become part of your laws, you promote it. If the society, the person, the church that promotes evil will eventually celebrate it. And before you know it, that person, that society, that church would not even know itself again and will begin to punish those who call evil, evil. Let those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Thank you very much for joining us again today. Always a pleasure to have you with us on Gospel Best Radio for On The Lord's Side. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow. Whatever you do, please remain firmly on the Lord's Side. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you.